Did you ever feel totally discombobulated at a strategic time? I have been undone. They're trying to find, I just, I just finished what I think I wanted to do, and God wanted me to do, and they're looking for it, and I just, on the, uh, the visuals, so when, would you let me know when to get it, because I don't have eyes in the back of my head. Is it there yet? Are you there? Okay. I'm going to do the craziest thing I ever did, and that is try to convince you of a, an obsession I have and uh, tell you that it's uh, joyous and shameless and hopeless and helpless. I'm rendered by it. And uh, I am so obsessed that I'm not satisfied until I get you as obsessed as I am obsessed. We live in a day of thousands of emphases. And uh, most of us have endured for years on these 47 things I piddle at instead of this one thing I do. I want you to leave today, and I'm sure I'm joined by the others who've been on the platform, obsessed with what possesses the heart of God. I'm absolutely sure of it. I'm absolutely sure of it. If I were to ask you what God does for a living, what would you tell me? If I were to ask you what obsesses God, what is on the heart of God, I don't think you ought to be mystified by that. I, I just suppose for a minute that you were God. You had a rapidly expanding universe under your care. It exists under the power of your word. And you've seemed to center for some reason your love and power, and sovereignty and all else on a little mud ball at the spiral arm of a small, comparatively small galaxy. Why that's so, I do not know. But I can tell you this, God is obsessed about ruling in your life. He has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Is it there yet? Keep trying, fellas. I'm like the fellow somebody's, oh, whoa, that's good, good news. I was determined to do what the fellow said when they asked him, how do you prepare your sermons? He said, oh, I don't. I just get up and whatever the Lord gives me, I just preach it. He said, well, what if you get up and you don't get anything? He said, oh, I just mess around till he does. So I was just sort of messing around till he does. Let me make just a couple of comments that I really want to make, and I, I'm I'm glad to make it in the absence. John will be here in a little bit. Uh, John Arnott, I, I don't know whether you realize how 
absolutely singular this man is. Nearly 13 years ago, God broke loose. You heard the story last night. Everybody ought to have that story in their possession. Of course, it's in print, but you need it in sound. You need to let a thousand people hear it, take it. The reason the move of God in Toronto has not gone the way of every other movement uh, in our generations. in my estimation, is because of one thing. Early on, about two years after it started, John determinedly linked what was going on to the kingdom of God. Revivals are born and die because they become the most important thing. A revival is a means, never an end. It, the end is the kingdom. The means is reviving. The reviving that is linked to the whole picture, the kingdom of God, will continue. It will never cease. The shaking of this present day in in my estimation, will result in the greatest awakening, reviving, renewing in the history of the church. We will not go out in a fizzle of faithlessness. We will go out triumphantly. Now, I, I just hope to convince a number of you. I, I don't... Uh, I dream of all of one congregation saying, I get it. I don't know what I've got, but I get it. And so I, I want to caution you not to try to understand what I'm about to give you. I was up a good deal of the night and early this morning just, I, I wanted you to get it. You bordered on it yesterday when Bob Mumford, well, pray for him. What a tool of God in God's hand, weakened, weakened to be made strong in his late years. I'm excited about him. I'm excited about him. I'm excited about John, Carol, Peter. I'm excited about Jim Jackson and his team. I'm excited about you. Would you mind getting excited about yourself? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let's go. You know, can, can I use this because I'm going to be turning around? Is it on? Does anybody know? Hello. Hello. Is it? You ought to switch. I don't see a switch on that sucker anyway. <laughs> Hello. Somebody help. Somebody help the boy. Okay. Let me see. 
Can we get some lights off of this so that people can see it clearer? Test. Here we go. There we go. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Look. Let's just say this together and get it in your heart. Here we go. Can you can you see it? You can't hear me. Why didn't you tell me? Okay. I got a feeling somebody didn't want this to happen. Am I on now? heard my question. <laughs> it's all my fault. I'll take full responsibility for it. Ah, I don't know what I did. What did you do? I did nothing that worked. Just. <laughs> Is there anybody in the house who knows how this thing functions? All right. Whoa. Do we have your attention now? Hallelujah. Here we go. All right, look. What we believe, preach, and practice, let's say it together. It is vital that we not only believe what is true, but that we discern what is most important among all truths. As we read the Word with open minds and listen to the Holy Spirit, it will be obvious to us what these truths are. Did you get that? All right, let's go on. The church and the kingdom. Listen, the gospel is the central message of the whole Bible. Uh, you know these references. I don't have to go over them. We, we've got somewhere to go. So move with me. Think fast. Have you ever thought fast? Well, get with it. Here we go. The gospel of the kingdom is the whole, complete, and total gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ's atoning sacrifice is inherent in, but transcended by, and understood best in the good news of the kingdom. You're going to sit there and not understand this. Just forget trying to understand it and listen and receive. Time cannot end until the gospel of the kingdom reaches the whole earth. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end shall come, Matthew 24, 14. Did you get that? The gospel of the kingdom. The emergence of the gospel of the kingdom is happening this very moment across the earth. All right. Simply stated, there is an eternal kingdom ruled by a loving king, Father King, who has arranged for a redeemed human family to be heirs of the kingdom both on earth and in eternity. The kingdom is both now and not yet. The church is the visible body on earth of the Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father who has mandated that he remain there till I make your enemies your footstool, Matthew 22, 44. The church is designed to declare the presence of the kingdom, the manner in which it may be entered, extend and occupy until this feat is completed. Now that's happening. Your enemies will be made your footstool. 
kingdom, basileia, or church ecclesia, two words that fairly well dominate, uh, dominate the New Testament landscape. Kingdom is found over 140 times and church over 110 times in the New Testament. Chronological order and relative frequency deserve decisive attention, too obvious to deny or downplay. Are you hearing? Basileia is divine, ecclesia is human. In Basileia, the kingly element prevails. In ecclesia, the human or social element prevails as far as purpose is concerned. Basileia is God's end, the ultimate. Ecclesia is God's means, the method. Basileia descends that ecclesia may ascend. The church cannot function properly without the kingdom. The kingdom cannot succeed without the church. Without the kingdom, the church has blurred identity, undefined purpose, unclear message, and sickening lack of authority and power. This is about to change. This present shaking is God speaking to His people, is a conflict between old systems and the Word, will expose that which is shakable and exalt that which is unshakable will result in the kingdom taking center stage. An obsession confess, I'm hopelessly, helplessly, shamelessly obsessed on the kingdom. In the next minutes I will explain, defend, and declare that obsession. Are you ready? Now we pick up speed. Here we go. Why center on the kingdom? You know the passages, we'll not go through them because John the Baptist centered on it. Matthew 3.2 simply says, repent for what is at hand? The kingdom is at hand because Jesus centered on it. And Matthew 4.17 picked up the same message. 6.10 demanded that we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, commanded us to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and promised that all these things commissioned the disciples to go preach, said that when he cast out demons by the power of God, uh, the kingdom had come up on them. In Matthew 16, uh, 17 through 19, the only place in the New Testament that I know of where the church and the kingdom are mentioned together. The church, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and you shall bind and loose, prevent and allow. Because Paul centered on it. Though Paul mentioned in his epistles the kingdom only about 13 times, remember that when he was in Ephesus, he taught in the, in the school of Tyrannus uh, for two years after being kicked out of the synagogue, preaching there for six months until they realized what he was saying, so they kicked him out, and he taught for two years in one hall, in one place, and then at the end of his life, near the end of his life, the last record is that for two years in a rented place in Rome, he taught about the kingdom and the Lord Jesus Christ. It must have been centered uh, in Paul's heart. All right? Why study and preach the kingdom? Because the Bible is the manual of the kingdom, because it's thematic in Jesus' preaching, because the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom, because we're enjoined to seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. What will result from centering on the kingdom? A clarification of all things already learned, 
a correlation of things, not only already learned, but to be learned. Let me just share this with you. I've been studying. Bob is, is a veteran at this. I'm a rookie. About 10 to 11, maybe 12 years ago, I began to, to study the kingdom. The more I studied it, the more it centered in my heart. The more difficulty I, difficulty I had preaching anything else that was not related to the kingdom. And by the way, everything of value is related to the kingdom. I agree with uh, E. Stanley Jones who said the kingdom of God is not the most important thing. It is the only thing. Absolutely. All right. A correlation of things to be learned. An elevation of ultimate hope in the teacher, student, and the church. We need a recovery of mature hope in the church today. Would you agree? What will result from centering on the kingdom? A right perspective on time, life, eternity, ultimate reality. God will be upsized and the enemy downsized. Basic needs that will be met. Significance. I'm a part of the kingdom. Security. There's safety in the kingdom. Purpose. There is meaning and relevancy to the message. And there is ultimate hope in the kingdom. Observations to be made. The kingdom of God, though future, in consummation, is present now in the earth, in the saints, and accessible to all. The loss of a kingdom mentality has been a costly loss for the church. We said it a while ago, resulting in a blurred identity, an incomplete message, an undefined purpose, a diminished authority, and thus a loss of power and clear destiny for the church. To fail to see the magnitude and centrality of the kingdom is to reduce it and open the church for further imbalances and heresies. A recovery of kingdom mentality in life will result in the greatest revival in the history of the church. It will last until Jesus comes. Before there was a gospel of salvation, the gospel of the kingdom was a reality. The good news of salvation is only a part of the gospel. To omit the kingdom from the gospel is to weaken it, reduce it, and marginalize it. The kingdom presents essential insights, or a view of it will present essential insights into how the kingdom of the Almighty and sons does business, previews the glorious conditions of heaven on earth, and initiates a hope mode that cannot be diminished, promotes a flawless grid for the solving of problems of all kind in, the, in all the venues of life I shared with you Yesterday, how to the darkest hours of my life, I doubt if I could have made it. I'm rather sure I could not have made it had it not been for at least some workable understanding of the authority, the ultimate hope of the kingdom of God. I would not have made it. I would not have recovered. It provides a backdrop for the only proper perspective for earthlings. It proposes the necessity and basis of unity among believers everywhere. Look at me. 24,000 denominations, is that what Peter said yesterday? Why? Because we have centered on other things that divide us. We are hopelessly divided as the body of Christ on the face of the earth. The only the only viable 
foundation for unity is the kingdom of God. We have a common king. We have a common savior. We may differ in details not essential to salvation, but we cannot differ on the authority, centrality, supremacy of the kingdom of God. Now, to fail to seek and thus find the kingdom is to settle for diminished power, deferred hopes with shallow and superficial solutions to our worst problems in the world today. You don't see terrorism in its proper light. You don't see democracy in its, in its proper light. You don't see anything in its proper light until you overlay it with the kingdom of God. That's the reason he said, seek first the kingdom of God, then I can give you these things. I can provide them for you, not only the necessities of life, but all the other things as well. Is that all right, the view of the kingdom, such a failure to result in, can, will sure to result in confusion of relationships, dull excitement, weakened resolve, an eclipsed sense of self-significance. The inevitable result, we've seen that, I believe. Did we see that a minute ago? The inevitable result of failing to see the kingdom is to m the mistake of identifying the church with the kingdom and thus so perceived to mar the church's true purpose to re-present the kingdom. Look at me for a minute. The response of failing to identify the sequence and repeated mention of the kingdom and the church is to allow the kingdom to become lesser and thus not of any importance and to recognize the church as something it was never intended to be when you make what it is or try to make what it is more than it is, you make it less than it is. It is a representative, the representative on earth, duly authorized to represent the kingdom, extend the kingdom, and to give the kingdom visibility in your life among other people. Hallelujah. All right. Now just let me, let me suggest some things. Make a commitment to begin now to study the kingdom. Best thing I can think for you to do is just to get a concordance, and especially in the New Testament, I reminded you yesterday, uh, the, the red is right. Red is writer. And uh, so look at the red. Read the words of Jesus. He mentioned the kingdom 134 times, of course repeated in the Gospels. He mentioned the church three times. That does not make the church insignificant but its significant lies in the significance of the kingdom, of the kingdom of God. All right, do a concordance survey a Bible, uh, through the Bible on the kingdom. Study significant passages on the kingdom. Look at Daniel, all through Daniel. It'll startle you. The pivotal issue in Daniel is who's running this outfit. And there was a king who decided he did. He had been duly forewarned but old Nebuchadnezzar just wouldn't believe it, got on the top of his palace and bragged on himself and went as nutty as a fruitcake in five seconds and spent seven years in the wilderness and coming back in, he said, I turned my eyes to heaven and my sanity was restored to me and I declared that somebody rule this beside me. 
And then there was that picture of the rock hewn out of the mountain that became a, a, a mighty power that uh, there wasn't any room for anything left when it filled the earth. Look at that. Let me suggest you read the book of Psalms. And uh, I was in Germany some time ago with my wife who is German visiting her family. And uh, they talked German and I couldn't understand what they were saying. They got in an argument one night and uh, at least uh, my wife listened while they argued. And uh, I was bored with it. And finally I, I found release and went upstairs and spent three hours reading through the Psalms with one thing in mind. If I was a stranger and never had seen the Psalms before, what would seem to be the repeated theme that would impress me? And this was it. There is a God who rules it. The center of the Psalms, uh, 103, or the center of the Bible, Psalm 103, 19. The Lord has established His throne in the heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. And then on either side of that, for 50, uh, almost 50 chapters, and 100 on the other side, you find words like rule and reign and king and God and uh, most high God. You have so repeated, so obviously repeated the issue of God running the universe. You cannot deny it. You'll be impressed. You'll get excited. You can't stand yourself in a little bit. You'll have to backslide to go to sleep at night. You'll be so excited. Seek personally the kingdom in every situation, event, problem, opportunity, prospect. Seek the kingdom of God. What does that mean? Look for the rule of God and its implications in every issue of your life. If you're a worried person, go to the king. See how crazy, how stupid worrying is in the light of the fact that Almighty God rules this outfit, and when you are under His rule, you have not one concern. I like to, when, I'm, when, I, when worry hits me or concern, sometimes I wake up in the morning a bit, of, a, a bit of heaviness on me, and I rehearse who God is. You are God. You are Jehovah. You are Yahweh. You are, you are Jehovah Jireh. You provide. You are Jehovah, uh, you are Jehovah Nissi. You are the God of victory, the flag, the banner of victory. You are Jehovah uh, Rapha or Rophe, God the healer. You are God Jehovah Shalom. You are God Mekadesh, the one who sanctifies. You are God Rohi, Jehovah Rohi or Rochai, the shepherd. You are God righteousness, Sidkenu. You are God uh, Shema, the one who is everywhere. And then rehearse where you are in the fix of things. You're on the earth a little bitty mud ball, as I said, on the spiral arm of a, of a relatively small galaxy among a billion other galaxies. And God runs this outfit, expanding at at least the speed of light, 186,282 miles a second, and God is ruling over that. Now look at that. What was your problem? I learned from a friend of mine years ago who was an absolute eccentric and the church couldn't stand him and, and he brought the message to the church and then went on to heaven. But this he said, you want to know how to get along with God? I'll tell you, stay off his throne. He's real sensitive about people getting on his throne. When you open your mouth to criticize another, you're not only nudging the devil aside and saying, I believe I can do a better job being critical than you are. 
You ascend the throne and seek to make judgments in behalf of God as if you are God. Stop it. Constantly pray Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done. There is no magic in the words, but you need to know this. Time do I need to be through? Do I have 10 minutes? 11? 12? I've said this in, in this setting before, but every verb in the model prayer, save the one that commands it. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, imperative present tense imperative. When you pray, be praying like this. Every other verb in the model prayer is an aorist tense imperative verb. Just felt a thrill sweep across this congregation. <laughs> the aorist is, a, is, a stra is strange to English. We have only past, present, and future. But there are several other tenses in the Greek. This will absolutely slam you to the floor, and when you get up, you'll be ready to pray with some authority and, uh, and uh, understanding. Past is past, future is future. Present in the Greek is, is flowing present. Be filled with the Spirit. Be ye being filled with the Spirit. But in this case, every prayer, every verb in the model prayer is aorist tense. Now get this. Aorist tense is not past and not future in its impact. It is a present tense that cannot be explained by flowing action. It is punctiliar action and can best be translated, and I've looked this up, I've, I, run in, I ran into a book just a few weeks ago, again, I didn't uh, get it the first time that is written on the aorist tense, and that is, that is this. It means right now, right here. You didn't get it, so we'll back up and run at you again. When you pray this prayer, it was intended that you believe when you prayed, that prayer reached heaven in a split second, and God said yes because He was the one that commanded it in the first place. He not only commanded you to pray, He commanded you to pray like this. He demanded that you make a demand on Him. And I know, I know your humility. You're saying, I, I would just, I would never make a demand on God. That sounds so arrogant. Listen to me. Up. Listen up. God has demanded you to make a demand on Him, and if you don't make a demand on Him, you can't walk with Him. Well, three of you got it. Okay. We're improving. I mean, we've, we've multiplied here. What are you going to do with this? Lord, I, I had a, I was wounded in action last night. Right, right over here somewhere, I hit the deck. I slammed, my, I slammed my right knee so hard on the, on the concrete, I wasn't sure I was going to get up. And uh, I walked up the stairs with some pain last night, and I just said, God, if what I'm preaching today works, your kingdom come, your will be done in my knee. Look at it. Yeah. I mean, folks, this is practical stuff. You may not have to drive home. You may fly home today when Bob Mumford gets through with you. Okay, let's go. Got to finish. Instructions to become proficient 
in the study and living out of the kingdom truth is to maximize your potential in leadership and everything else. A failure to do so is to sabotage leadership potential, risk distortions in authority, doctrine, relationship principles, and overall perspective. The key scripture I gave to you yesterday, God says, I'm going to speak again, and you've the society on earth has never succeeded when they've refused what I have to say. So once more, I'm going to speak. If they didn't get by when I spoke on earth, how much less will they be expected to get by when I speak from heaven? My speaking will be the shaking of everything that can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken may remain. And before you ask the question, read the next. What is it that cannot be shaken? What is it among the thousands of things that we're putting our weight on that cannot absolutely be shaken? And the next verse says, Therefore, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, cannot be shaken, let us give thanks, worship God with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Look at me and let me make a prophecy. And I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet, and there wasn't one in a family tree that's discoverable, but I want to prophesy to you. Every one of you, because you are here, will enter in the coming days a shaking like none you've ever known. Embrace it. Love it. Praise God for it. All it will do is we'll remove the trash from you so that you can be safe in the kingdom of God and an adequate representative of the king. That's what God is up to in your life. So, to receive the kingdom is to affirm that God rules and to commit to pursue the king, his kingdom, and his pleasure. The Lord is established again. The Lord, say it with me, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens or in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Do you believe that? Do you believe God rules over your finances? Do you believe that God rules over your place of work? Do you believe that God rules in the earth today? You say, well, if, I doubt if God could win a popular vote, even in America, much less anywhere else. But listen, he still rules. He could prove his rule if he wanted to, but he just rules very confidently, knowing that it's going to work out, knowing that his rule is going to be confirmed until uh, his glory covers the earth as waters cover the sea, and the knowledge of God is going to be known. If you don't have that hope, God help you. Here we go. Paul's affirmation in Romans 14, 17, and 18 is of extreme importance, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Let me speak to you. You're charismatic, aren't you? Oh, I am too. I, I fell into it. You may have been born into it. I wish I had the statement I picked up from Derek Prince, who was a prince among us. He said the charismatic movement shouldn't be called the charismatic movement. He said it should be called the charismatic stall. We have stationed ourselves on the baptism of the Spirit and the gifts. They're not ends in themselves. They are means to a divine end. We're always taking what, it, what are means and making them ends, and we lose the end. The ultimate is the king and the kingdom. Your ultimate purpose in life is not to see how many points you can make, how many gifts you can, you can amass, how much anointing you can display. Your net worth 
is how much of the king and kingdom can be seen in you, made visible through you. That's the summation of it. Well, is that the end? Must be the… oh, I, I, I wanted to tell you this, and I, I want to do it. I, I'm humbled by it, but I believe some time ago that uh, God granted me permission, gave me an anointing to pray for you, an anointing to relentlessly pursue the King and His kingdom, to be possessed by Him and obsessed on it, the kingdom. But I am looking into the faces of people who are busy. You have an agenda. Something is now running your life. It is either the kingdom or an unkingdom. An unkingdom will soon be an anti-kingdom because you will develop an alternate lifestyle, and that alternate lifestyle will diswelcome the entrance of a ruling king in your life. And that's the crisis of the church today. We have preached salvation. We have preached easy believism. We have preached that the reason Christ died was to cause us to miss hell and make heaven. If that's so, He should have killed you the minute you got saved and taken you on. If you don't understand that there's a kingdom agenda which follows your conversion experience, you have missed the relevance and meaning of the Christian life. And I, I want you to be honest with me. This has been an absolute splatter shot. I was using a 12-gauge, and uh, Bob Mumford is coming along to use a high-powered 30-30 or one bigger than that. I want to call on you, young and old, middle-aged, to pursue the kingdom. You'll never regret it. He ordered it, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I want to pray for you. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you, you're just, you're calm, and I just flooded you with uh, information. And you, you look, for the most part, like a raccoon looking at headlights. But if you can muster up the courage to say today, and this is not to suppose there are not many people in, in the place who are pursuing the kingdom with all your might, I want to pray for you too so you stand with these. I see enough to bow for prayer and allow you to pray an anointing on me to pursue the King and His kingdom. I don't need your compliments. I'd rather pray for 30 who mean business than for several hundred who are in the shadows. There are several levels today of people here. There are those who are unmindful of the kingdom. No fault of yours. You may not have heard much about it. You were ignorant. You really heard too much to be ignorant anymore. Ignorance informed can't be ignorance anymore. God overlooks ignorance. But ignorance informed 
with a determination to do nothing about it becomes rank stupidity. You may have come ignorant, you'll walk away stupid if you disregard what has been said. Did it hurt your feelings? I want everybody here in just a minute who will say, Preacher, I want that. I want to be as obsessed as you are at least on the kingdom of God, on the king. Are you ready? Stand up. Only those, only those. I'm not even going to look. Lord, you know every person here, every detail about them. You know in some cases where there is a mixture of pursuits, there is such a load of a, items on their agendas, they don't know what to do with them all. In the name of Jesus right now, singularize their pursuits. As they say yes to your command, Lord Jesus, they began to be kingdom seekers, bent on righteousness. I pray that you would right now pull that trigger in their wills that causes them to be obsessed on what you are obsessed about. Lord, move among us. Right now, take hold of us. May those standing receive more revelation on the kingdom in the next 30 days than in all the rest of their lives prior to this put together. I pray that you'd walk them into situations and they open their mouth to complain that you would suddenly remember to them that they prayed this prayer. Holy Spirit, follow up. Move in your power over these as you hear this prayer. Would you pray this prayer with me? Father, I believe that on your heart is your eternal rule over everything that is. I thank you for including me as an heir of the kingdom. I thank you for the gospel that has brought me into the kingdom. I thank you that I've been born again, not just to go to heaven, but to live in kingdom come. Lord, in every way, bring me into kingdom life. Where needed, let there be an explosion that blows me to kingdom come. Oh Lord, take them, take us. We can't handle this alone. It's too heady. It's too much. It's too deep, too wide, too high. God, help us to spend the time with you necessary to let concept become practice, to let rhetoric become righteousness, kingdom righteousness. 
teach us how to pray kingdom prayers and walk a kingdom walk and believe in kingdom morality and a kingdom mentality overlaid over every part of our lives. And I pray for Bob as he preaches today, God, thank you that he'll, he has never had the anointing he has right now. So without measure, pour your spirit out upon us, on him, on this entity. Thank you for the reviving and renewing of it, for the new life that has surged into it these days. In Jesus' name. Amen.